0: welcome. Maybe, like the author of Psalm 119, you have enemies who accuse you and speak lies against you because of your faith and trust in God. How will you answer them? Well, the author of Psalm 119, the longest psalm, Had two answers which he constantly returns to in almost every verse of that psalm. The one answer is prayer, and the other answer is the Bible, God's word. So, please turn with me to Psalm 119. We're going to be looking today at the eight verses beginning with verse 41. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England and I present these talks on understanding the King James Bible using the Psalms, looking at each week at a different section of the Psalms, word by word and verse by verse. Today, as I've said, we're looking at Psalm Psalm 119 the eight verses beginning with verse 41, which are headed with the Hebrew letter, it's spelt V-A-U in the King James Bible, but we usually pronounce the name of that letter as Vav. And the reason for that Hebrew letter in the heading is that each of these eight verses begins in Hebrew with the letter Vav, which actually means and in the Hebrew language and so you see several of these verses begin with the word and in the King James Bible but because our King James translators liked variety they also translated it in other ways too so it's also in verse 41 so in the next verse and and so it continues so, verse 41 Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation, according to thy word. Thy mercies, your kindness. Let your kindness come also unto me, O Lord, he prays. In other words, God, I'm dependent on your kindness. Your goodness, your faithfulness. I couldn't live without your kindness, goodness and faithfulness in my life. It's by your kindness that the sun shines. It's by your kindness that the rain comes. It's by your kindness that earth produces a harvest that is my food. God, it's by your kindness to every creature on earth that they have food. Let your mercy, your kindness, come also to me, O Lord. Yet God shows great kindness to all the people, whether they are good or whether they are evil. But that kindness does not always have the result of bringing them into a right relationship with God. It doesn't always have the result of bringing people the forgiveness of their sins, So the author of this psalm does not just pray that he will benefit from God's kindness, though he knows that he will because all of creation benefits from God's kindness. He prays for something more. Even thy salvation according to thy word. God, if you just show me the general kindness you show to all people, then how do I How do I know that you're my friend, that I have a right relationship with you, that you've forgiven me my evil deeds, that when I die, my spirit will go to be with you in heaven? How can I know that if I've just received the general kindnesses that wicked people receive alongside good people? God, what I need is your salvation. The fact that you have rescued me. Because when you rescue a person, when you bring that person into a right relationship with yourself, when you save a person, you forgive that person's sins, you, you make that person into your friend. And how will you ever choose to be separated from that person? Yes, your salvation needs to come to me according To thy word according to your declaration your speech what you've said you will do oh God you've promised because of the death of Christ that anyone who turns to you who believes in you can have that everlasting life that anyone who repents of their sins and who truly trusts in you is one of your people God, I want that too. I want to know your salvation. The author of this psalm could look back on how God rescued Israel's people. He rescued the nation from being slaves in Egypt. They knew God's salvation and they knew a right relationship with him in the promised land, the land which they had. But there were still evil people in that land. There were still wicked people in that land. So just as God had saved their nation, so they needed to know that God had saved each of them personally. They needed God's salvation. And the knowledge of God's salvation brings something wonderful to them. Verse 42. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. For I trust in thy word, reproacheth. There are enemies of God's people. The author of this psalm knew that he had enemies, and those enemies were accusing him, accusing him of false things, accusing him with evil words. He saw that he must answer that enemy, and he must answer him powerfully. Wherewith. Wherewith means something, so shall I have something to answer him. However, the Hebrew word is the word for word. It's the same Hebrew word as is translated word at the end of verse 42. So we could interpret verse 42 to read, So shall I have the word to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. So it's a salvation that brings the answer, but it's God's word that he trusts in to bring for the author his own word to answer the people who are accusing him. Do you see this? God is sending his word. God has declared his word in the Bible. And it is those words that the author of our psalm wishes to use, needs to use, to answer his enemies. His enemy is saying to him, why are you trusting in God? God won't help you. He says, God, Give me your word and then I have an answer for him. Then I know how to respond to him. Let me know your promises. I trust in your promises and it is those promises that will answer it. God has made promises which we can trust. And they are the answer to those who accuse us like the author of this psalm, new people who accused him. And How does he answer him? With God's word, with God's salvation, and with God's truth. Verse 43. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. The word of truth. The enemy speaks lies. The author of our psalm is going to speak the truth. He's going to declare the truth about what God has done in his life. The truth about how God will look after him. How God will protect him with his enemies all around him. He prays, God, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. The word utterly means completely. Don't take totally the word of truth, your true words out of my mouth, he prays to God why does he pray that because in the past he hasn't always spoken the true words of god he's confessing he's confessing that sometimes he's wandered away from the truth he's been tempted to answer his accusers maybe with bitter words maybe with angry words maybe with words to justify himself take not the word of truth Utterly out of my mouth. God, in the past, when people have accused me, I've answered wrongly. I've answered foolishly. But Lord, you put back in my mouth that word of truth. Don't let it be taken away from me forever. I need that word of truth to answer those who accuse me, those that reproach me. For I have hoped in thy judgments. Hoped is the Hebrew word for waited. I've waited for your judgments, O oh God. I know the judgments you've declared in the Bible, that you will uphold your people because they live by your righteousness in your right way. I know the judgments that you have against evildoers, if they continue in their evil ways. And God I've hoped in that, I've waited for your judgments. I continue to wait for them, for the time when you will will free your people from these evil accusations. But I just ask that in the meantime, in my present troubles and suffering, you enable me to speak the word of truth, the true words that you have given to me, that you have taught me in the Bible. Because when I stand by that word of truth, then, verse 44, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. Thy law. This is the Hebrew word Torah. As we've often observed, it doesn't really mean law. It means how God has taught you to live. So when he says, so shall I keep thy law, it means I will live in the way that you have taught me in your word to live and I will keep it continually forever and ever. You notice the same idea three times there? Continually means the same as forever and it means the same as and ever at the end. Three times repeats it To emphasise that throughout his life, even beyond his life on this earth, when he goes to be with God in heaven, he's going to live the way God wants him to live. He's going to live in the way that pleases God. This he's determined to do. And God's salvation, God's word, God's word of truth, is what's going to give him the power to perform that promise to keep God's law, to live in the way that God wants. Are we starting to see now, maybe, why it is each section of this, this eighth verse section begins with the word and, or vav in the Hebrew language. It, it's doing so because there's a very strong connection between these different thoughts and these different ideas. Now, they say nowadays when they're teaching people to write good English, you shouldn't begin a sentence with the word and. Well, the King James Bible translators didn't translate every verse here to begin with the word and, although they could have done, it would have been a perfectly good translation. But our next verse, they do translate to begin with the word and. Verse 45, and I will walk at liberty for i seek thy precepts i shall keep thy law and i will walk at liberty Uh, some of you are thinking that's a bit strange because isn't the purpose of law to restrict what we do so that we're not free we've got to obey laws and yet the keeping of thy law in verse 44, it's given us a cause why, in verse 45, I will walk at liberty. What's going on here then? Liberty. In the Hebrew language, it means in a wide place. Like someone who's walked through a narrow path, a gorge, we call them, where, where there's high cliff walls on both sides and He's trapped in in this narrow, narrow valley and suddenly the road widens out and he's no longer so restricted and he has freedom. That's the picture here. It's saying, when I follow your law, when I live in the right way, the straight and narrow way, as Jesus called it, when I live in the way that pleases God, The effect is not to restrict me. The effect is not to control me so that I can't do things. The effect is to give me true freedom. Freedom to live in the way that God wants. Freedom to do the good things which God has provided for me to do. Living by the way that God wants is not a burden. It's not a trouble in our life. It's a cause of freedom. For i seek thy precepts precepts another of these words which the psalm uses for the word of god it means particularly what god has visited visited us to place before us in other words god has come to his people god has come to them to give them his bible his word so how precious is the word of god you know if god if god hadn't spoken his word to us if we didn't have the bible well we might be able to work out some things about god we might know him as a great provider because we can see that god provides our food or we might know him to be a judge because he's provided in this world that that people shouldn't live for all time, that our lives come to an end in this world. We might be able to work out all things about God, but would we really know God? He says, I seek thy precepts. I love what you've written in the Bible, God. I desire to know more and more of what you've revealed, god you've come to us you've given to us your word your bible so that by knowing the bible we can know more of you i seek thy precepts i desire to know them more and more every day verse 46 i will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed The word testimonies in the Psalms describes the evidence that God's given of his relationship with his people. Uh, Things like the Ten Commandments and the Ark of the Covenant are described in the Old Testament as testimonies. I will speak of thy testimonies, therefore means I'm going to speak of the evidence you've given God of the relationship that you have with me. I'm going to declare declare about the good things that you've done in my life and the lives of your people. And I'm bold. Yes, perhaps previously, verse 43, I've not always spoken the word of truth when enemies have approached me, when they've accused me. But now, as I keep your law, as I live the way you want me to live, I can be bold. I can speak of what you've done God even before kings, even before the most powerful of people, even before the rulers that other people are afraid of. And I will not be ashamed. I will have no reason for to be put to shame. I know, God, that you are a faithful God. I know, God, that you are working in the lives of your people. So when I testify to what you've done, when I am a witness to what you have done before kings, I will not be ashamed. Verse 47 and I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. And verse 48, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. I read both verses there because of that repetition, thy commandments, which I have loved. God I love what you have instructed us to do. I love the rules which you have given us to live by. I love your law. It brings me pleasure. It brings me pleasure because you have forgiven my sins. It brings me pleasure because I can now live in the way that you want me to live. God, I love everything you've said. I even love your commandments, I even lift up my hands also unto thy commandments, verse 48. What does this mean, lifting up of the hands? Well, we read in the Bible that this was an ancient form of prayer. It's referred to in both Old and New Testaments, the lifting up of the hands in prayer. It's also the way... That oaths, serious promises made before God were made, people would lift up their hands to declare their promise. So when he's saying I lift up my hands to your commandments, well he could mean I pray that I'll be able to keep your commandments which I've loved, or he could be saying, I promise I'm going to keep your commandments which I've loved. But I think the answer means I'm going to reach out to your commandments. I desire them so much. I want to take hold of them, to take hold of them fully, to live by them, to embrace them because I love them. God, I love your law. I love every part of your law. It's your law that I desire, that I desire to to take over my life, that I can live by it. God, I think of your law, and it fills me with delight to think of the things you've said, to think of the ways you've taught us to live. And I will meditate in thy statutes. Statutes, another name for God's law. It especially means what God's revealed and what God's recorded for us in the Bible. God, I'm going to meditate on the Bible. Meditate, think it through. Run it back and forward in my mind. Let it fill my mind because I love what you have written. Oh, once once I was afraid, once I was afraid of the enemies who accused me. I was so afraid that I did not know what to say. So I spoke wrongly in response to them. But now God, now that you've worked in my life, now that you've shown me your salvation, now that you've rescued me and I know your forgiveness, well, I love your word. I love every part of your word. I love the way that you've taught us to live. It doesn't restrict me. It doesn't control me. It frees me. It frees me to act boldly. Now I can speak of you, God. I can speak of you before the most powerful people. And I won't be ashamed. I won't be ashamed because I can trust your promises. I can trust that your judgments are true. That you will do everything that you have said that you will do. That you will set me free to serve you, you the God who I delight myself in. You, the God whose word I truly love. In a moment I'll read you the whole of Psalm 119, the eight verses beginning with verse 41. But first my email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. Please write to me, 333kjv at gmail.com. And now here is a section of Psalm 119, beginning at verse 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that approach to so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments, so shall I keep thy law continually for ever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved and I will meditate in thy statutes.